Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the prayer line. This is Bishop Smith. want to say top of the morning to all the prayer warriors this morning. You all are looking mighty wonderful this morning, and we are going to have an amazing day. I want to say good morning to uh, the body of Christ, good morning to New Destiny, our church family, our community. God is really blessing us. God is, man, he is awesome. And I pray you are feeling the same way that I am, that God is making the difference in your life. I want to say good morning to every pastor on the line. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let us pray, and then we're going to just jump right into it today after I introduce um, our team. Dear Heavenly Father, we honor you, we bless you, we magnify you. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks and praise, because you alone are the redeemer of our life. We thank you for this great and awesome day in which you have made it. We shall rejoice and be glad. We thank you that you have delivered us from the powers of darkness, and you have translated us into the kingdom of your dear Son. Whereby you have given us the legal right to call you Abba, Father. For it is written in your word, you would never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us. And we thank you for it. So we say good morning to you. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Father, have your way today. This is a prayer line that we're going to pray in. We're going to talk about your goodness and talk about what you have made available to us, what you have provided for us as being your children. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we have with us this morning Sister Myrna Whitstone. She will be doing our prayer requests and praying over those uh, prayer requests. Sister Myrna, how are you this morning? Good morning, Bishop. I am wonderful. Thank you. How are you and Pastor Adrian? Pastor Adrian and myself are wonderful, and I'm glad you are wonderful. We're amazing. Anytime you wake up and you uh, have everything working, and praise God, you're breathing, you're alive, it is a good day. It is a great day. I'm going to say it's a great day. It's a great day. And so I will be sharing, myself personally will be sharing a devotion with you all today, so I don't, I don't think I need any introduction so I believe people know who I am, and I'm just excited about the word, and we, we're just going to get into it uh, today. And This has just been a powerful, powerful time we've been having, talking about the spirit of adoption. Last week we talked about breaking the orphan spirit, breaking the orphan spirit. And so this morning for a, a few moments, I would like to share with you all uh, that when God causes you to become part of his family, it is very important that we ourselves step away from that or step out of that orphan's mentality and embrace our new reality of sonship. And so you have to embrace the reality of sonship in your heart. You have to embrace it by faith. And you have to see yourself through the lenses of God, see yourself through the eyes of God, and what God has done 
and understand what God has provided for you. I want to say it like this, how God has now positioned you, how he's positioned you. And so I'm going to read, uh, in a moment, I'm going to read Galatians 4 and verse 6, but I want to start with verse 1 because I read verse 1 through 5 to you on Sunday. But I'll read verse 6 from a different translation of Scripture. And the Scripture Paul writes here, he helps us understand God's heart when it comes to adoption and God's view. And Paul says, now what I mean is that as long as the inheritor heir is a child and un under age, he does not differ from a slave, although he is the master of all the estate. But he is under guardians and administrators or trustees until the date fixed by his father. So we Jewish Christians also, when we were minors, were kept like slaves under the rule of the Hebrew rituals and subject to the elementary teachings of a system of external observation and regulation. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law, to purchase the freedom of, to ransom, to redeem, to atone for those who were subject to the law, that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred upon us and be recognized as God's sons. Sixth verse in the Passion Translation, and so that we would know that we are his true children and God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts. I want you to hear that. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out intimately, my father, my true father. As I share with you, Adoption is the heart of the gospel. We have to understand that. And so notice, he says, uh, God releases the spirit of sonship into our hearts. So you have to know this in your heart or by faith that you are the sons of God to break away from that orphan mentality. Because the orphan mentality, it will always enslave you. The orphan mentality will always tell you that you're not good enough. The orphan spirit, as I said, it messes with your identity. And so when we begin to understand what God is saying, God helps us discover our identity so that we won't continue to be lost or we won't continue to walk in darkness, we can now begin to walk in light. We can now have a clear understanding of our true identity. As I shared, an orphan spirit is someone who lacks emotional identity and seeks to earn identity through his or her efforts, which is works. 
The Apostle Paul says, by grace we are saved through faith and not that of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. And so you cannot come into the kingdom on your own efforts. You cannot be a part of the family of God on your own efforts. Because if we could, then we would boast about it, we would brag about it, and we would tell everybody, look and see what I've done and what I've accomplished. No, you you had no part to play in this. This was all based upon what God decided, or uh, here's what I want to use, the word that God had predestined. It's all based on what God had predestined. It's all based on what Jesus Christ has made available for you. And so God predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. We got to understand that. And so the scripture tells us that, that God had predestined. Over in the book of Ephesians, He God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, into his own family, by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gives it gave him great pleasure. So adoption was the plan of God from the very beginning of time. It's God's plan from the very beginning of time, and it brings satisfaction to God. It brings fulfillment to God, to God's heart, to be able to call us his sons, and call us his daughters. And so, here's what you got to understand, because I'm still dealing with that orphan spirit. you got to come away from that, and you got to wake up to, I'm a son of God, and move beyond the feelings of abandonment and the feelings of not being wanted, because God wants you. God wanted you from the very beginning, and God loves you. And so, here's what we have to understand, that... To be adopted is to be able to stand where Jesus always stood. Watch the positioning. It's to be able to stand where Jesus has always stood, looking at God and calling him Abba. Abba. Jesus, who always addressed God as Abba, my Father teaches us, teaches his brothers, the children of God, his sisters, the children of God, to say, our Father. Remember when the disciples uh, asked Jesus about teaching them to pray. He says, pray our Father, or Abba, which art in heaven. Our Father, that's intimate relationship. We have the right to now call him Abba Father. And we have to understand this has always been the plan of God. But let me tell you a story. I'll tell you a story about Mephibosheth. I didn't tell this in Pittsburgh, but I told it in, in Oakland. Because when you understand the story of David... Jonathan, let's go back. When you understand the story of Saul, King Saul, first king of Israel, King David, second king of Israel, Jonathan, King Saul's son, 
and Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, King Saul's grandson. These are all the characters in this particular narrative. Four characters in this particular narrative. One more time. King Saul, King David, Jonathan, Mephibosheth, the grandson of King Saul. I want you to watch what takes place here. When David comes into the kingdom, Jonathan recognized that he would not be his father's successor to take the throne. He recognized that God had tagged David, if you will, that the throne was to go to David based on the will of God, the heart of God. God said, I found myself a king. So what Jonathan does, he comes into covenant relationship with David. Now watch this. They make a covenant between each other that they both would remember one another's family regardless of what happened to them. So they had prearranged the family to be set up to receive their inheritance no matter what had took place, predestined, if you will. A whole lot like what God had did for us. He predestined us. He, he determined ahead of time. He preordained that we would become sons, that, that, watch this, we would be able to come into the kingdom, which we had no right to, with all privileges and rights as a son. And so, what happens is that the king, uh, the family of Saul is dismantled, totally dismantled because of the disobedience of Saul, King Saul. So Saul is dead, Jonathan is dead, Mephibosheth, who is crippled, crippled. So he's cut off, and there's no way that he can himself, because he's crippled, get into the kingdom. And he's now in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar means in Hebrew the place of no word. And so if he was ever going to come out of Lodabar, someone had to come and rescue him. He was totally cut off from any inheritance, totally cut off from the kingdom. He had to be rescued or he had to be restored. Sounds a whole lot like the Gentiles, that we were totally cut off from God, and Jesus had to come and rescue us. He had to now come and restore us and bring us back into the kingdom, back into the commonwealth of God. So David says, watch David, David says, is there anyone left from the house of Saul? that I might be kind to him. There's the grace. There's the grace. That I might be kind to him. And so one of the servants says, yeah, there's there, 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 the grandson uh, named Mephibosheth. He's in Lodabar. David says, watch this, go and get him. Go and get him. And bring him to me. 
So the servant goes and gets Mephibosheth from Lodabar. He brings him back to the palace where David is, and, and, and David says, sit him at the king's table. Notice he's a cripple. He doesn't send him to the servants' quarters to eat with the servants. He says, no, sit him at the king's table. And as he sits Mephibosheth at the king's table, David says, give unto him, watch this now, watch this, all of his, all of the inheritance of his grandfather Saul. <clears throat> give unto him all of the inheritance of his grandfather Saul. Powerful. Mephibosheth's reply is, who am I but a dog that you should be this kind to me? See, when you lack identity, it always calls you to have a distorted view of yourself. God doesn't see you that way. He doesn't see you as an orphan. He doesn't see you as a cripple. God sees you as according to what he predestined for your life, what was declared about you in the beginning of time, that you were a son, that you are a son, and that's all you could ever be. You have an inheritance that's all you could ever have. It's what God has planned for your life, and that's what we have to understand. Mephibosheth comes into the kingdom. He received his inheritance, and he eats from the king's table continually. You see, it's his positioning. It gives him a right to stand in the presence of God just as Jesus stood. You have a right to stand in the presence of God just as Jesus did, stood. But not only do you have a right to stand in the presence of God just as Jesus stood, you have a right to take a seat just as Jesus did. Where? Right where Jesus is sitting. The scriptures tells us we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Say that with me this morning. I am seated in Christ in heavenly places. My seating gives me a new name. I receive my new name. I receive the better name. I receive the better covenant based on better promises. This is promised to me. I receive the reality of it this morning by faith and Jesus' name. It's mine. And I receive it now. Amen. You have a better standing. Gives us a right to stood where Jesus stood. You have a better standing. Watch this. That, that's a position of righteousness. A better standing. Your better standing gives you a better seat. Your better seat gives you a better name. Your better name gives you access to a better covenant based on better promises. Father, this morning we thank you. We bless you. And we receive what you had predestined us 
before. Just like Ms. Fibiseth was cut off from the kingdom, Father, we were cut off to the commonwealth of God. We've come into what is called the earth realm. And through David's sin, Lord God, we were sitting in the place where there was no word. The word had to come to us and rescue us and restore us. And Father, I thank you that you have caused us to be restored to glory. I thank you that everybody under the sound of my voice will step into the reality of sonship and move away from the mentality of being an orphan. I declare that orphan spirit is broken over your life. It's broken off your life. It has no power, domain, or authority in Jesus' name. At this time, Sister Myrna is going to come with our prayer requests or praise reports if we have any and pray over those prayer requests. Sister Myrna. Uh, this morning, uh, Carrie Pierce is asking prayer for the Fisher Cannon family as they have to make a decision today regarding their loved one that is in a coma. Also asking for prayer for Alexis. She is having biopsy. She's having a biopsy today, praying for a favorable outcome for her. Father God, we lift up the Fisher Cannon family to you right now. Father, the decision that this family must make is not an easy one. May the decision be made as a result of this family coming together on one accord to seek your will in prayer. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. May wisdom rise up in this family to make the decision that they heard from you, Father. Surround them with your shalom in the midst of what they're facing right now. May they rely on one another, lift up each other continually, and draw their strength directly from you. Father, you said when we are weak, you are strong. Be their strength their guide, their lead, their rest, their peace, and their hope. Be there I am, whatever they need you to be, Father. Be that for this family. And Father, we also lift up Alexis to you for her biopsy appointment. May the results be in your favor, Father. Regardless of what the doctors find or don't find, allow Alexis to rest on the assurance of your word that she is already healed, she is already whole, and she is already complete in Christ Jesus. We rebuke any fear and any anxiety from taking over Alexis's thoughts. May she rise up in a godly confidence like never before that she is your child, and may she know without any doubt that you have good things in store for her. Her best is yet to come, Father. Miss Jones is asking for prayer. Uh, her mom has been battling cancer since November, and she's gone through surgery and chemo. They just found out that a new tumor has grown and taken over 70% of her liver. They have not given her much time. They are attempting to try one more treatment. 
but are not giving us much hope. I am asking for prayers for my mom, my daughter, and myself. This is happening after losing my father a little over one year ago. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, you said in your word, Jeremiah seventeen fourteen, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. In James five fourteen and 15, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Father God, cover Miss Jones, Father God, where she is. Cover her daughter. Cover her mom, Father God. Give them hope. Give them peace. Father God, when Miss Jones goes to see her mom, I mean, she takes some anointing oil with her and anoints her mom. May she speak well over her mom and worship you on behalf of her mom because you are still good, because you are still faithful, because you can still work miracles. Have your way with Miss Jones, her daughter, and her mom today. May hope overwhelm them right where they are. Father, in Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Surround Miss Jones and her daughter, Father God, with your glory, which is your goodness, as they go through this season of pain together. Father, we know that nothing is impossible with you, and that if it is your will, you can completely restore Miss Jones's mom's health to excellent condition. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name. A prayer request was sent on behalf of Janine Butler. Her nephew passed away on Tuesday, March 1st, at the Rock and Jump in Vacaville with friends and not family. Please pray for family during this time. Father, we lift up the Butler family to you. As we experience loss, grief, sadness, and maybe even anger, Father, be their guide through this season of mourning. Keep them and cover them. Help them, Father God, with this mix of emotions that they're going through. Father, you said in your word, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, 4-5. Also in Revelation 21, 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Father, we thank you for the dear ones that we have lifted up to you this morning. We count it a privilege and an honor to stand on their behalf 
to bring them to the throne room, to present them to you this morning. You are our great physician, and we know that only you can completely heal the brokenhearted. Only you can bind up every wound. Only you can heal every form of sickness, illness, and disease, and cancer, and make these precious dear ones that we have lifted up to you this morning whole again in every area. We stand in agreement, Father God, with what you have already spoken over them. We give you full permission to move how you choose to move in these dear ones' lives and in their families. Be God. Be magnified. Be glorified in all things, Father. We worship and we adore you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Wow. You know, um, we've come through the crisis of a pandemic. So much took place and so many people have transitioned. People are still transitioning. It's tough when your loved ones are sick and everyone's giving up hope on them. And that's why the gospel is so important. Because the gospel gives us hope in this life and also the life that is to come. And so may God keep these families. May he bless them according to his own will. And may the will of God manifest itself in their lives. May God comfort all that mourn in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the power of adoption, coming away from the orphan mentality and becoming sons of God. I pray, church, that we're waking up to the reality of what God has done, what God intended that we discover our true identity. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 2 in verse 10, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. See, that's God's, that, that's the destination in which God wants you to arrive at, glory. We're restored to glory. And bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneers of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. What God has did for us is absolutely perfect. And I pray that you receive that this morning. I pray this morning that you have a great and awesome day. And that the Spirit of the Lord goes before you. That God give you traveling grace and traveling mercy as you go throughout your day. I pray that the Lord will lead someone across your path that you can minister Christ to. Whether it's through a good deed, a kind conversation, or the power of your testimony. I thank God that he will use us to be change agents 
He'll use you today for the advancement of his kingdom. He'll use you today to be the instrument of hope. He'll use you to be an extension of himself. We are the family of God. Thank God that he will position you today in a dark place so that your light can shine, that men will see his good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. I declare no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that is risen against you in judgment is condemned and proven to be wrong. I declare today you are the head and you are not the tail. You are above and you are not beneath. I declare you are blessed in your going and you are blessed in your coming. That everything you put your hands to today shall be blessed and shall prosper. I boldly declare this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. That if you meditate on it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you would make your way prosperous and then you would have good success. I declare prosperity over every area of your life. I declare success in every area of your life. I declare your vehicles, however you're traveling today, will function as they've been created to get you to your destination and back home safely in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we had a wonderful day today, and time is spent. I mean, it is all the way spent this morning, and I know everybody's up and trying to get ready and get themselves prepared for today. Listen, have an amazing day. And we look forward to seeing you tonight in the sanctuary virtually. And we're going to have a great time. So you don't want to miss tonight. We're starting a new series tonight. So you don't want to miss that. I'm excited about it. And uh, we're just going to have a wonderful time. So be blessed today and know that Pastor Adrian and I, we love you all so, so very much. Amen. Let us open the line. 